Welcome to Just an Average Citizen, the podcast that helps to educate, inform, and empower you to make an impact in Abilene and the big country. I'm so excited to be here for this episode. It's going to be a light one because there's not necessarily a lot that happened this week, but there are some things that I'm going to point out to you about things we can take away from even what little that did happen in our city this week. And there are some big, big things coming up that I look forward to talking to you about. So please make sure you subscribe and share this podcast with whatever platform you listen on, because we want to make sure people get the word about how to be engaged and involved in what's going on in our city. There's really not a good source to know the highlights and the takeaways. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And as I work my way through it, I find better ways to communicate what is happening in our city and how we can be involved. I run into people all the time who want to be involved. They just don't know where to get started. And so this is a great place just to put it on and just listen to it and start learning the vocabulary and navigating through the different aspects of how we as citizens who have lives, who have busy schedules, can be educated and informed so that we know where we need to step in and how we can communicate to our elected representatives so that they are moving Abilene in a direction that benefits and blesses all of the community, not just certain aspects of it. I have been doing this now well over a year of really intensely looking at what's going on. And I've resisted at every step because I did not want to do this. I did not want to have to do the work of figuring out how to get involved. And that's why I realized, oh my gosh, it's almost impossible unless you have a connection on somebody who's in charge or who has um, uh, an insider scoop. There's really no way to know what what to do or what first steps to take. And we've seen citizens who've made silly blunders because they didn't know the rules because there's no real easy way to understand it. And we've seen citizens get frustrated because they haven't been informed and educated, um, whether it's through the fault of the city or um, a misunderstanding of just different varieties. Like there's just a lot of miscommunication going on. And and part of it is, is lack of access to information. And so once we get the information out, then a lot of these issues we've been having will um, hopefully resolve themselves because we will actually know what we're doing and, and how, how to get involved at the right places at the right time. So a couple of announcements I wanted to let you know about um, upcoming, not this week per se, but next week. So I want you to get it on your calendar. Um, is that the deadline to register to vote in March for the preferential primary and nonpartisan general election is Monday, February 5th. So that's next Monday. You need to have your information in by the end of the business day at five o'clock on Monday. Most of the people in our community, we have a, a really great amount of people registered. Our problem is not registering new voters. Our problem is making sure people show up to vote. They say that one in four Christians don't even show up to the polls to vote, and that's really problematic. A lot of people want to make sure that they can get people informed to know how to vote, but I say we got to show up first before we can actually really vote. And if you're showing up and walking into the polls and not knowing what you're going to do or having researched any information, then in some ways it's not as, as, as helpful as even voting because you have to be educated and informed to actually make a difference. And a lot of time there are... Um, 
a lot of systems at same place just because they're familiar and we recognize them. It's not because we want them or need them or the people in charge. It's just because the odds are if you've heard their name, you're going to vote for them. And so we have to make sure that we show up to the polls with information. And I hope in the days to come, I'll have a voter guide for you so that you can know in general what the information is. Not know, I'm not going to tell you how to vote. That's not my job. My job is to bring that information to you so you can understand what it is we need to do as um, citizens because our most lowest form of participation is voting. And that is something that people think is a great honor. And it is a great honor, but that's like step one. And we got to get people up to step 10 or 100 before we can actually see some positive changes. And it's not because we hate our city. It's not because we hate the people involved. It's because we are not participating. And when we are not participating, it's not going to function as well as it should when the whole community is actually engaged and involved and using our voices to make a difference. Because, you know, there, there's a benefit to having a cruise director on a trip, but when you have no say in what you get to do, by the way, I will never be a cruise director, but you know, you don't get to have a say in what your what goes on on your trip. You just have to show up and do the things. Most of the time you'll be fine with that because they have a lot of experience, but sometimes you don't know of other options available that could be even a better experience. And so again, we're looking to step up our game and make Abilene uh, the key city it was created to be. All right. So the first thing, like I told you, is the registration to register to vote. And if you need to change your address, you can get online and um, just easily change it. Or when you show up to the polls, you can make sure your, regist- your, your registration is current, the current address. It takes a little bit longer and makes the polling line go a little slower if we all do that. But it's not hard to do. And you want to have um, registered where um where you're supposed to vote. And and if you are a college kid watching and you want to make sure that you're registered to vote in Taylor County, because if you show up to the polls and hope to vote um, for something going on in Dallas County or, you know, in um, one of the other counties, wherever you're from, you cannot vote that way here. And so what a waste for you to show up to the polls and realize you're not registered to vote. And I will say they'll offer you a provincial vote, um, but most provincial votes don't really count. So, Um, that's kind of just some saying up, here's a consolation prize. Your vote's probably not going to count, but we'll make you feel good by filling out all this paperwork and giving them a lot of work to do. (laughs) So make sure you have registered to vote in Taylor County if you're wanting to vote in Taylor County. And so as soon as I get the polling locations ready to go, I'll let you know, but they say 70% of Taylor County votes in early voting. And so it's significant to know what's going on and the information is going to be coming as soon as I can get it out to you. One of the great ways you can understand what's on the the ballot this March 5th is to show up to the Taylor County Republican primary candidate form. And this is a great opportunity to hear from all the different positions running for positions that affect Taylor County, affect Taylor County. Now um, they affect greater than Taylor County when we're talking about our congressional district um, 19, which is for the federal government. And then also Texas state house representative district 71 that affects more than just Taylor County. But if you're in the big country, these are people that will influence and affect how your quality of life is. And so let's show up and make sure we know what's going on. It starts at February, um, it's Monday, February 5th at 201 Mesquite center. It's a fabulous event center for this kind of event. Doors open at 5 p.m. and we have a great um, event lined up from you from 5:30 to 8:30, where we're going to be talking to candidates from the sheriff's office, um, from the smallest position, the which is the com- um, the commissioner's court, the ca- the commissioner's judge, uh, or the commissioner's court, <laughs> precinct one. Then we'll have sheriffs. 
um, the sheriffs, the the candidates running for sheriff, and then we'll have um, Texas House District 71, the candidates for that, and then also the candidates for um, U.S. Congressional District 19. I hope I got the numbers right. Sometimes my brain goes haywire, and I like to transpose numbers, but it's a great event. I'm looking forward to it. Never have it been so convenient and easy just to be able to engage and hear what they have to say, and also there'll be tables set up so you can go around and visit with them before and after to talk to them in person and get to know them because we should have a personal relationship with those who represent us, and it should be not that they answer every time we call, but when we call, we have some established reports with them so that we know how to engage, interact, and let them know what's going on. Because without our input, they're really kind of shooting blind and we can't blame them if they, they don't do what we want if we haven't really taken the steps to let them know what we want. And that's what elect, why elections matter. They go telling us what they're going to do. And if we elect them, then they are assuming that's what they want, that we want for them. And so it's very important to do that and show up on Monday, February 5th and bring your friends because we want a full house because that helps us to start being educated and informed so that we can make an impact with our vote. All right. Then another important event is going to be the state of the city address on February 6th. I believe it, star- um, it starts at 3.30 p.m. So that looks like it's not really open to many people who work, which is disappointing, but it is what it is. So let's try and make plans to attend the state of the city of address. It's not been the first time. I've probably been the only one there, but I have a feeling there's going to be some influential movers and shakers in Abilene that will make plans to attend. We shall see. I've never been to this before. I think this is the second one that I've known of since uh, Mayor Weldon, uh, not Mayor Weldon Hurt, um, Anthony Williams was in charge. He had at least one State of the City address that was recorded. So that's on February 6th. It's a busy week next week. So make sure you're planning and strategizing how you can be engaged and involved. All right, so let's go ahead and move to the week in review. Like I said, this week um, had a couple of meetings. There were some changes, but unfortunately, due to the way it's established, they don't share those um, that information publicly, which is curious to me because I don't understand why they wouldn't record every meeting because if it is listed on our city council's calendar, then the public is invited to attend and be a part of it. So it's not like they're withholding private information. It's not like it's something we can't watch. It just seems to make good sense for us to be able to track what's going on with the city. And so the first meeting I want to talk to you is about the DCOA, which um, my mind is drawing blank. I wanted to show you, I'll I'll come up up with it, Development Corporation of Abilene. There we go. So it's um, really fun to Sorry, I'm trying to resituate myself. It's really fun when you know things and then you get here in front of a video and it's like, uh, I don't even know my middle name sometimes. So what I wanted to show you is how you can find these agendas because sometimes it can be tricky to even know how to navigate this website. It's not super user-friendly. I have not found it to be something that I go to to find easy access to the information. I do find if I dig a little bit, I get there. But basically what it comes up with, and I have my browser in such a way that it's most likely like your phone, if you're on your phone when you look at it, that you would have come to the drop down menu. And if you come to government, then it tells you agendas and minutes. And so what's helpful about this link is it takes you to all the agendas, the current agendas and minutes available for you to look at. So we can look here and for some reason it really likes to, oh, it's actually doing pretty good. Um, And then there are two screens on this. If you're on your phone, it can be a little tricky. If you touch the the wider space, it moves it the whole screen up and down. But if you touch in this, um, like a gray box, it actually moves. Nope, just kidding. 
Um, there it is. There's the bar. It moves it up and down on there. Okay. So it took me a while to figure that out. It was very frustrating. So the only two that were actually shown to have agendas available in this format, and again, I'm still learning why they do it this way. I'm not really sure, is the Fireman Relief Fund Board and the city council. And if I were to click on any of those blue buttons, it would take me to their agenda and uh, agenda packet if it's available. But because this is the DCOA, we have to scroll down to current boards not listed above. So they have these segmented out. So these have some different um, qualities about these boards. For example, like the Abilene Convention Center Hotel Development Corporation Board, that's not a board that is open for like... It's, it's a specific board for a specific purpose, the Betty Hardwick Center Board of Trustees. I don't, I've never really seen any random citizen be appointed to these. These are more of internal organizations and, and we just to keep privy either because of the budget um, that the funding that Abilene, the city of Abilene supplies or the connection to it. I'm not sure exactly what makes these qualities and finding that information would require a conversation, which I'm still working on learning when is the best time to ask some of these questions that would help us understand the bigger picture better. But you can see here we have the Abilene Housing Authority Board, which was rescheduled for this week, the Betty Hardwick Center Board of Trustees, um, which was also, I think, last week, and Development Corporation of Abilene. So I come here to go the minutes and I'm showing this because like real time, like how do you figure these things out? Do you know if you if you own a business, if you are a part of a business, if you want to know how businesses work in Abilene, this is a great board to be familiarized with because they have a great amount of money that is given through the tax collected in our city to work with to bring in businesses and create a better economy for our city. And so you can see here this starts this agenda starts way back from 2012, but if you can tell, there's only two in that year. There's two in, uh, maybe this is the folder, let me, before I, I knock it, it is not, it's very bare bones. Um, let me just check real quick to make sure, let's see here. Yeah, there's more within the bones. So this looks like the the bones of the folder. If you were to go to 2020, 2023, you see a lot more different, uh, a lot more months in there. But so there's only been one meeting this year. If I go here and look at the agenda, which I think I already have it pulled up, you can see here it's um, very fine print. It's very um, legalistic. They have checked every box off that they required and it doesn't seem like there's a lot more information, which is fine. I've learned that that's how it goes. If you don't have a meeting packet, you really can't understand what's going on if you just read the agenda. And if you aren't able to go to the meeting, you miss a lot of the nuanced details that would be helpful for us as citizens to know when we're moving in. But never fear, I actually found um, the minutes... Uh, nope, this is not what, oh, there was, uh, let me see if I can come back here and show you real quick. Um, sorry, I found an interesting path. So I looked at the agenda. I looked at the minutes. The minutes is the same way, kind of, um, the last minutes they show they've applied is uploaded is 10, 6, 2020, which is weird, but they have, you know, and they don't meet all the time. So it's not like it's a monthly meeting. I don't think. Um, I can't remember right now to be off. So there's some, but again, if I come to the minutes, there's, um, oh, this actually has the minutes on there. Okay. So what I found was there's no current minutes when I'm looking for stuff for this current year, I haven't found very much to help me out. So I noticed today, or when I was getting ready for this podcast, board packets. And I was like, huh, what's a board packet? And so I came and look, there's a board packet. But what I did was I went and looked at the board packet for 11-7. And look, there's a board meeting packet, which I'm thinking, hey, that's helpful. So there's a board meeting packet. There's general session packet. 
Um, there's all this different stuff. Um, and so I don't know if this, they're from different meetings. And like I said, I'm still showing you real time how I'm learning these things. You didn't get to see me in the first place, but um, I found that's not what I, I think that's what I, oh, I'm trying to remember now because my brain has gone a little blank here looking through all these documents. This is from 1 3 2023. Hmm. Now I'm going to come over here and just show you what I meant to show you in the first place because that's what happens when I don't go to my plan. I do have a plan most of the time, but it tells you when the meeting was called order they welcomed a new board member buddy napier like um this week's board member there are just appoint um, positions i think for like who's president or chairman or whatever like that but on the agenda just appoint appoint positions it doesn't tell you who's there it doesn't tell you anything and so you know they had um officer elections um someone uh sam vincent the outgoing chair was leaving this is a lot of stuff that is very intense for even me after I've been looking through all this stuff I look at. They have a governance schedule, but this is 60 pages worth of stuff. And so they actually, what I found was gold here is they presented the minutes from the November 8th meeting. Again, there's no recording. There's no way to know what they're talking about. And so as I started looking at this, I was like, oh yeah, I saw a lot of this being presented in the um <clears throat> the city council meeting when they brought their presentation at the end of the year. And at the end of this packet, I can show you, they um, even had their presentation for what Abilene, um, the, the DCOA does. And so here's interesting. Again, I'm just talking through this. There's nothing I'm sitting here going, there's something going on here. And I think that's what's hard is we're always looking under a rock to see what we can find. And sometimes there's just a neat and tidy um, organized thing under the rock. But we don't know until we look. And so we want to, we don't know what's there until we look. And so we're just checking under the hood and making sure everything's working fine. You know, we just do and do our due diligence. And so they have assets um, in fiscal 2024. And this is where it gets confusing because the fiscal 20 uh, year typically is from October to September. And so here it says by December 31st, 2023, the first quarter of the fiscal year 2024, they had assets of 20, 25 million fixed assets of 34 million with interesting um two points almost 2.7 million in land and then they had some receivables of uh note uh receivables of about 11.5 11.6 million and then here they had their total assets is 99 million and i'm just showing you this briefly they have um contract economic develop expenses of 44 million they are contributing less i believe um, in the street city maintenance fee. I'm not sure how that works, but I know they've talked about that. But anyway, for the fiscal 2024, 2028, their maintenance is going to be 10 million contributing to street maintenance. Cause you know, surprisingly there's a lot of maintenance that's done around the five parks. I think that's what it's called. Five points park area where the DCO has a lot of businesses that they brought in. They take care of the maintenance and they bring in sewer lines. And there's a lot of stuff the city does to beef up that area with the hopes that I would think that economic development will continue to come in those places. Well, um, so that left them, I believe, with $54 million. And then there's a lot of stuff that I would love if someone could tell me more about it, but I am still, I have, I have amazingly, God gives me people to talk to about this. There's just so much, I don't know where to start. And so I'm just continuing to process this in. But I just wanted to show you, here's their investment report. And there's, like I said, 59 pages. So I was really excited. I found this. Now, if they could just post it every month, that would be awesome. Um, there are no minutes posted for the DCOA just. Um, again, but I don't know when the meetings are. And so before I say here and say there are no minutes, 
Um, there were no minutes posted from the previous meeting shown in here, but the organization is very confusing to me. So I'm going to stop there because I could go on and I don't want to keep going on um, because I don't have any answers and it's just me bloviating about something I don't know and wish I knew more about. So I will keep asking questions. I will keep looking when the questions come up, but I did a little searching and this is what I found and I was very excited. All right. So the next meeting I want to talk to you is about the Fireman's Retirement and Relief Fund. And so, you know, when I was getting ready for the podcast, I was like, what? What is the Fireman's Relief and Retirement Fund Board? I thought, you know, I, I mean, I think it's about providing some kind of relief for some probably extenuating circumstances. And then also, how is their retirement being funded? You know, funding makes me think it has to do with that, but I'm not really sure. And so I just decided um, I, decided I would look up Fireman's Relief and Retirement Fund. And I didn't put a deal on it, but this is the search. Okay, there's the fund board meeting, which happened on November 28th. Um, this is their retirement system. No, this is just Texas Municipal Retirement Systems. It doesn't talk about the firemen. Here's another board meeting on October 24th. Another board meeting agenda minutes. Another um, board meeting in August. And then look, coloring clubs, because it talks about relief. So really, there's very little on here what this is. And again, it may not be my, it may not be something I need to know about, but if it's posted on the calendar, I feel like it's something we should have more access to. And so I did look at the minutes. You know, I told you about this wonderful page that we go to look to. And this one always, it either goes really far back or you can't see it. Okay, so just clicking on this, I'll just show you. Here is the agenda. Elect board officers, consider approval of the minutes. Consider approval of the financial statements. Consider termination of deceased beneficiary Carol McKnight effective 112723. Discussion of possible action on annual dues to certain groups. The amount of $300 and the amount of $268. And that's it. And I think, well, that doesn't really tell me much. Again, these are not recorded. And I understand if there was sensitive information they were sharing, but the public is allowed to be there. So I don't know why they're not recording these. So I go to the agenda packet because I'm like, hey, what's the agenda packet? I don't see any minutes. And let's see here. Nope, it's just the agenda. And so then if I click down here on minutes, there we go. We get some minutes. And so why that is not in the agenda packet, I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand. And so we have... Um, Everything is in a different place and there's no consistency to find things so that if you're looking for it, like I am, I, I, I really am looking for the best. But again, here it says, uh, um, so they called the meeting to order, no public comments, introduced an asset, asset liability study, and they gave their introduction and that was their introduction. They're trying to raise the funded ratio and dealing with the amortization period, and I'm just glossing over this, they moved to item eight for some reason, so they jumped down and skipped some things because they um, didn't even approve the minutes, which is normally the first thing they do, and they passed the minutes, the financials were tabled, one nomination for the trustee position, Kevin Johnson, Mr. Hose uh, motioned it, and a second by Rains, Mr. Rains, and it passed. And then they approved a payment to for legal services and, and a refund to some something the Carter McFadden effect 
uh, for a refund of contributions. Anyway, I don't know what those are. Another board I'm still learning about, but here we have the board members, which we have Baker Bryant, Mike Rains, which is a city employee, Kevin Johnson, a trustee, Chad Hose, a trustee, uh, Brian Yates, a mayor designee, uh, designee is how you say that, and Mike Wellham, a trustee. So we have some city, mixed city, and private people on the board. Um, and there we go. That's a fireman retirement relief fund. So I have these mixed feelings because it's like I want to know stuff, but it takes way too much effort to figure this stuff out. And again, I just want to know the basics and finding this out is why I'm doing this podcast. And you're probably like, oh, that's way too much for me. Now, I did look to see on the internet what it would it say about fireman retirement relief fund. And I found that a lot of cities, I've probably most cities have these. And here is the minutes of the um, of the Amarillo one. It doesn't look like it's a whole lot more, but it is um it's really interesting this chart they have the number of meetings held since appointment and the numbers of meetings attended so he has held 58 but he's only attended 46 so apparently he's been on there for a long time this guy's been 100 percent there uh you know anyway there's more information and i think that varies from city to city and i just would like more information and maybe the city secretary is like, I am maxed out on doing more work and I can't do it all. And that's fair enough. But we have to find a better system so that she can succeed in helping us to succeed. Because, again, remember, we're at the top of that organizational chart. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the city council meeting. Um, this was <laughs> my husband and I were deciding if he needed to come with me. And I was like, well, I was like, you know, just come along. I just want you there. And we do it together as a team. And what a meeting it was. It, it, one item I think was on the regular agenda and it took a doozy of a time to get through it all. So I wanted to also tell you, I've shown you where the agendas and minutes are because I was talking to some citizens this week and they had no idea where the agenda was or the agenda packet. And I felt like some of these problems we have is just lack of communication. And to me, that seems like a silly, a silly thing, but in all fairness, that's, I think, the problem with humanity, lack of communication, lack of conversation, lack of engagement with people when it just doesn't seem to be beneficial to us. And sometimes we never know what doors open when we reach out and operate in integrity and with um, a manner that engages equally in all areas. Uh, I, I don't want to say equally in all areas because, you know, I engage differently with my family than I do with a stranger on the street. But I'm just saying it would be amazing if we could actually approach things differently and say, hey, listen, we never know what doors are opening. Hey, I don't know what things are going to happen when I start looking, but I start looking and I find the information I seek. So let's work on communication as a whole. Just, you know, be okay with having a conversation instead of saying, oh, my gosh, you can't say that. That's rude. Or, oh, my gosh, we don't talk about those things here. We just mind our P's and Q's, and we just all decide that we're all going to be on the same page, regardless of how you feel. Just be on the same page. And if you're not on the same page, you're divisive. So come here. If you go to communications, I wanted to show you um, where you can find the actual video, um, live and archive video, and it brings you to this page. And then they have all the different pages you can look at, boards and commissions. So see, there was none this week. The last one that was available was the Airport Development Board. Then we have city council ones. And so there's only been two council meetings this year. And then specialty, look, there's the mayor city, say the city address. So if you really want to get prepared for the 3.30 State of the City address on Tuesday, February 6th, watch his. It's only 25 minutes. That's about 12 and a half minutes on double speed. And you can really get amped up and ready to go to see what we are going to expect out of our mayor. 
there. And I say that kind of jokingly. I hope it's a great meeting. I, I hope it's a great state of address. I really hope he casts vision and inspires us to be excited about what's to come. That's what I really hope. But um, I, I guess I'm as excited and anticipating probably maybe we just know municipal things go a little differently and um, they're not very probably common. So here's where you can click on you can get the video and the agenda. So I just wanted to go ahead and um, uh, I guess that's what I was going to do. Let's see. Oh, there it is. All right. I'm going to go ahead and talk to you. So there wasn't a whole lot on the agenda this week. Um, there were probably like seven or eight resolutions which typically are things they can do without having to really have any public hearing. They just say, you know, we're going to buy these 300-gallon poly refuse containers from Snyder Industries. Check. Done it. But they have to keep record of it. And there um, there were some more board appointments, which I don't – one of them – that uh, oh, there was more board appointments this week, and I, I'm not going to show you that. There are people who are on the board. I think one was a reappointment. One was moving from all alternative. They were all on the board already. Maybe not one. Um, oh, yeah, I think Shay Hall was appointed to the Venue District Board. I don't know if she was the president or I, I've read a lot of information, but I do know that she's now on the Venue District Board, which makes sense because she's a mover and shaker in our city. And she's, from what I understand, does great things for our city. So it makes sense that she's on the Venue District Board. All right. And then we had a couple of ordinances. Their first reading always comes through the consent agenda. And then they have a public hearing in the next meeting and all these we have talked about because they've come to the board of building standards or the board of adjustments or the planning and zoning committee. There's several from the airport board development or the airport development board meeting um, that have already been addressed and discussed. And so moving on, we had one regular item on the agenda. Now I wanted to show you this because I talked about it um, beforehand and I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know this information until the city council meeting. And so I was like, well, I have to do my due diligence because just because I didn't know the information doesn't mean it wasn't given to me. And so what I want to show you is in the staff report, um, this is for the property on Buffalo Gap with uh, Starbucks that's being built and the Golden Shook being built. And um, this has been a very contested frustrating point for the residents and I'm sure for the property owner I think both sides are just like let's find a solution and move forward you can see that this meeting took place on November 7th where it was tabled I think that was the one that was tabled because of um, a failure to correctly identify the property owner by the city if it wasn't that one is December 5th it was also tabled again um, and then and maybe it was the second meeting and then they had um, I'm not sure if that was another meeting on January 2nd for, yeah, planning and zoning. So there were three meetings where it happened at the planning and zoning. And then now we've had our first, the first reading was through the consent agenda last time on January 11th. And then here we are the second council reading. But I looked and the background information is what's shared on these fabulous little pages they put in the agenda packet. So you can get some history and background, which I love. I love more information and, and reading about that. And so I went back and looked at all these meetings and the staff report was present in the uh, packet agendas to my knowledge. So again, just because we don't know something doesn't mean the city hasn't told us. It's just, we don't know where to look. And that's again, why I'm doing this podcast. I'm trying to tell you where to look so you can know information. So you don't do like some of these citizens did again. They showed up to the meeting and they started talking about traffic issues and bless their hearts. I understand it is a legitimate complaint that there are going to be more traffic issues because if you have more businesses, that's more cars and, and whatnot. But the city doesn't deal with the traffic issues. That's a tech stop issue. So when you come before the city council, you need to be very 
to the point and directed on what you address and even the planning and zoning or the board of adjustments or whatever meeting you're going to, you need to know the information so that you go up and you actually can have some resolution to your concerns if that's what you're choosing to do. And so I felt like the information was given, but people don't know that there's an agenda packet. People don't know how to ask the questions. And sometimes the city doesn't, the city staff doesn't know where to direct people. At least that's what I'm believing that they don't know where to direct people. And so it's not that they don't want to give them the information. It's that they don't have the understanding of all the different moving parts because there's a lot of moving parts. So this was created as mixed use development. And what I find interesting is that um, the concern is, is what goes in and what they want to go in. And so they were really struggling with how to zone the rest of this property so that we don't have a lot of traffic, high traffic things in this property. And so the suggestion was, and I'm finally finally nailed on what PD stands for, plan development. There's a current plan development on this property, 96A, created in 2004. And to my understanding, the reason why they're redesigning this development code or redeveloping the the land development code is because it's confusing. And as it goes from staff to staff, it could change what it means. And that's not very healthy or a good way to operate of. You need to have it written and you need to have it in writing what it actually means so that it doesn't depend on the staff who's present. It it is it is something it's a benchmark that is able to be measured and kept um, with the true intent consistent regardless of who's in, on staff. And so what happened was is this planning development doesn't really um, clearly define what can go in this property. And so to my understanding, the property owner wanted to rezone it so he could be more specific and and have some flexibility to do what he wanted to do with it. One portion, he wants to put a daycare center in there and um, and that was not an unnecessary issue, and they were able to rezone that portion without any problem. The property owner agreed. The city council agreed. That was a good a good path forward. It was this awkward, weird-shaped section that they just couldn't find because part of the, the land is covered by neighborhoods, which requires a different standard than just, say, if you're on the edge of a, a thoroughfare like Buffalo Gap, like Starbucks and Golden Chick. People who live right off that street understand that's a high traffic area, but this weird shape, they couldn't figure out how to zone it correctly. And the property owner's um, representation mentioned that it's really not wise to split zone things. And so then, interestingly enough, the council suggested that several council members suggested, well, maybe we'll just do this exception, which I've heard so many times, we don't want to set a precedent for the exception. And what else came out interesting, and I hope I'm keeping you and bated breath with the excitement of this conversation. I, I really some days can't believe this is what I'm talking about. But one of the council members, no, the city manager, uh, what well, was brought to their attention that we wanted the neighborhood retail zoning was to create buffers between residents and general retail. And the city manager pointed out that the city really doesn't use neighborhood retail that way. We've just kind of used it in different various odd ways. So general retail fit um, some of that, that buffering. All that to say, at the end of the day, they couldn't come up with a decision. And so these neighborhoods have to stand and fight another day to get what they feel like needs to be ha- needs to happen. And the property owner can't move forward with his business. And I just wonder if this is, this is another way it always goes, but this is, I, I can only imagine as a property owner having to go through this much work since we're, we're still not even resolved with this so that they can move forward. And you know, time is money when you own property, especially when you're trying to develop into business. And we want businesses to come to Abling, but this doesn't seem to be a hospitable environment f- for uh, people to be able to function and move into what seems like a very clear 
place of um, a good opportunity for businesses. And what business it is, I think that's that matters. And there shouldn't be businesses that operate. I mean, they just did this on sales. The neighbors did not want a business like the Airbnb that was there or the bed and breakfast or no, it was an Airbnb um, that they had at that, hu- that historic home on the corner of South 7th and sales because it was parties on the weekend. It was a nuisance to the neighbors. And so I understand and that, that has to be honored. But we do have to keep in mind that the property owner bought that property and he bought it as a PD 96A. And so it seems like if I were the property owner, I'd just move forward because then I don't have to worry about it and just let this go. But I'm not sure why that's a problem. There may be a reason why that's a problem. But I do feel like there's a lot of frustration that has been caused due to lack of information. And if we were more informed, we could come to this table better prepared on how to deal with it. And um, that's what I'm trying to do is help you understand how you can find resources and how do we talk about what we need to do the next steps. Because again, the city does listen and the, the city council does listen and they respond to the needs of the neighbors. But I think this has been a very hot muddled mess because I believe that what I understand is Starbucks and the golden chick fit this PD 96 where they wanted to create a specific higher intensity uses along the frontage and less intenses in the property in the back. And the back is where the, the conversation is still being had and they're still working on it. So Again, we've got to know how to handle this and we want to make sure businesses want to come to Abilene and people want to buy up our property and develop them and make them into great successful places. And I think surprisingly, I agreed with one council member who said that, you know, there is a naturally going to be limitations to the back of that property. What happens there? There's got to be somewhat of a retention pond. There's a lot of issues. There's got to be um, a buffer zone. There's things that have to happen that will not allow certain properties to really thrive there. So the nature of the property is going to limit that to some degree, but we can't micromanage it. And it seemed to me like what I heard was the best option was to go ahead and follow through with what the business owner was requesting and any specific uses that were odd or inappropriate for that area would have to come before the council or before the planning and zoning committee again and a a board and get a conditional use permit, which that requires more um, speculation. management and oversight and things like that. So I feel like this is going on long too long, probably like this conversation (laughs) that I'm having with you now. But those are just my thoughts and observing. And I've really, I don't have an invested interest except I want our city to succeed. And I want those residents to feel like they knew what they they were heard and they were understood. And they were, they're, they're, they were, they were valued for what they had to bring to the table, not just feeling like they never know what's going on. And, you know, it's hard when citizens are already really hyped up and about a very frustrating situation and they come and they start responding and saying things out loud. And then when people on the dais don't have the self-control to not respond to them when that's not supposed to happen. In fact, during public comment, no one has to say anything to you. You don't have to answer questions. It's just a time for people to get up and ask questions. And I've seen that happen. When people start to push buttons on people on the dais of where the council sits and they respond in anger and frustration, and that's not appropriate for grown adults to do that. It's not appropriate that when adults come to a meeting, and yes, they were clearly frustrated, but speaking out loud does not merit a response for someone sitting on the council's um in that position. And it was really, it was, I was disappointed in how um, that it was handled. And, you know, it, it is something that we have to learn that we have to walk in grace and we have to understand that sometimes we don't know all the picture, even if we think we know all the picture of what's going on. We don't understand the backstory and what's going on. And so we have to have grace with people and not, not match their frustration with a, a smart, um, 
a, a response that's inappropriate. So that is all that happened, I think. But it was really fun. I got to have a great interaction with someone who felt that um, separation in church and state was being violated in the city council meeting. And so I loved being able to have a good conversation while they met an executive um, the executive uh, session to discuss this topic. And then they came back and decided nothing. There was a motion passed. Uh, one motion was made and it failed. And there was another motion that was made and seconded and it failed. And then third motion was made and no one seconded it. So it was at the end of the day, it, it, it felt like there was a great conversation going on and I loved it because I got to hear insight from how the councilmen were feeling and or not feeling, but they were interpreting what was going on. And so it was really good to understand their positioning, but it resolved nothing. So we're going to have to come back at it. Um, I guess the business owners gonna have to come back at it in a different way because that's what happens when it fails. You don't get the zoning request, even though it was approved by the planning and zoning. So it's, it's, you know, never say never because you never know what's going on and there are steps, there's, there's speed bumps along the way to make sure things work well. It's a long process and we're seeing sometimes it's longer than we wish. Okay. So now I'm just going to move on to the week in preview. I don't think there's anything on the calendar because the Abling Housing Authority, I was going to show you that, but it's just a board meeting. There's um, an agenda. There's not much information on it. And again, um, I wish I could tell you more about it, but they don't really give you much information. And then that's it for the month of January, just a bunch of stuff going on at the library. So this week you can chill and relax and take it all in so that when it comes time for the state of the forum on Monday, you'll be ready to go. And the state of city address at 3.30 p.m., I believe it's at the downtown hotel, you'll be ready to go and hear all the excitement going on. All right. So I wanted to bring up to you um, what's happening. We are in, we are at the beginning of an exciting season. And I like to speak things into, I like to speak things as if they were, because I'm not sure how excited I am about learning more about this budget, but we are going to do it because we could do hard things, right? So I just wanted to follow up at the end with this just last little parting thoughts. Um, this is what they start with. For the proposed budget, you can see it's not very thick, and this is what they end up with. All right, so it was really cute. I was showing this to a group of people that um, we meet once a month, and I was showing them. They're like, where did you get that copy? And I was like, I made it. <laughs> um, but you can look online. I mean, you know, you can make it too, but um, not many people have a hard copy of this because it would be awesome if we did, and we can. It's just going to cost you some money to do it. So what I wanted to focus on really quickly before we wrap this up, the budget process. Process. So we know that February is the beginning of this process. There's a city council strategic planning and workshop in February. And I checked, it's the end of January, and there's nothing posted um, on that, on the city calendar. And what's interesting to me is I think it happens basically the same time every year. So why could we not post it? Um, but it'll be a workshop. Last year, it was on a Tuesday, and it was from like nine to four. And so it looks like I'm going to be getting all excited. The problem with showing up in real time is I have to listen in real time. And I really like watching videos because I can cut my time in half by listening in double speed, but that's okay. And so then also they'll start, departments will develop and review priorities and objectives. And also in March, the budget team develops reviews and policies and procedures. And I think that'll get us far enough. But I want you to know we're going to be learning this, going through this a little bit by a little bit so that we can make sure we can eat this elephant one bite at a time. So yeah, here you can see there's nothing listed about the city council special workshops. There's a council meeting on the 8th and there's a council meeting on the 22nd, but that's all there is. 
listed so far. So I'll keep you posted with that. I hope you are sharing this podcast with your friends and family and subscribing. I know we have some faithful followers who are sticking it out. There's so many platforms that it's probably not as impressive looking at the views as, you know, we have um, a, a decent amount of people, I would say, willing to engage and jump in. Um, and then we'll have the book by the bite on Wednesday. I'm really excited about this book. I hope you will check that out because Again, it's what we learn. We we need to equip ourselves to know how to battle culture well. And and part of being an influence and making an impact and dabbling in the big country is understanding culture and how we engage with it. And so thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. We are moving into greater things. And the more educated we become, the, the more we can make a difference in our community for the kingdom and for what God has called us to do. So hang in there. Let's keep working together and let me know how how this is impacting you if you want to, because it, it is such an encouragement to me to know that, you know, we, we can all press into this together and it's not one person doing all the workload. It's a lot of us sharing it and it's way more fun that way. So until next time. Mm-hmm.